It's a mean age. But it is going to be a beautiful future as long as we don't f*** it up. I'm Brian McWilliams, and this is Mean Age Daydream, where I bring you unfiltered comedy, criticism, philosophy, and politics with a Mean Age Daydream. What's up, Buttercups? Welcome to, adjust my mic there, Mean Age Daydream. I'm, of course, Brian McWilliams. And if you can't tell, I'm already getting sick again because my children once again have brought home some sort of illness from daycare and uh, it's going through the house. And now I'm, I already feel I'm getting it. So that's where we're at here. But things are interesting, uh, not in a good way right now. Obviously, everybody's talking about the same thing. How can you not? It is uh, all that is essentially running through the news cycle, running through social media right now, which on its own is something you might want to question uh, just because we're not talking about anything here at home in the United States that should independently affect us. Yet, Israel and the Gaza Strip, Hamas's horrific attack that was on uh, initially started with, I think, 200 to 250 party goers at an outdoor concert with Hamas coming in via these, um, you know, powered paragliders and just indiscriminately killing. Now, before I get into the details of that, which I do want to do, as I said, it's been interesting to watch the instantaneous reactions from this. And, you know, most of them, as you'd imagine, have been for politicians to call for immediate support of Israel, people like Mark Rubio calling for the complete eradication of, uh, of Hamas, something which practically is impossible, by the way, unless they're going to uh, put nice red badges on their arms or something similar to identify themselves. I think they're going to have a very difficult time, which is part and parcel, which why the situation is so very difficult. But You've seen politicians across both both sides of the spectrum, left and right, say, we stand with Israel. We stand in absolute uh, support of Israel's uh, ability to defend themselves, which, of course, I support as well. How can you not, right? A country and a people should be able to defend themselves. However, there becomes a very distinct line in the sand drawn when we're talking about giving absolute financial and military support to the people of Israel. Now, you'll recall that RFK Jr. also had announced that he will be running independent, not libertarian. Now, there was discussion, I will tell you that, uh, as far as what was going to happen with this. And while it's, it was, I'm a bit conflicted on it because on one level, RFK Jr. running as a libertarian would have made the most sense for his campaign by far. I think that the ballot access the Libertarian Party has, the power of, of reach that it has, would have really put him in a far easier position. It also would have gone a long way to establishing and uh, concretely establishing the Libertarian Party as the alternative to the mainstream two political parties. Now, he gave a speech yesterday, I'm sure some of you at least have tuned into it, announcing that he was not going to be running in uh, libertarian, but instead running as an independent. Now that could change. I don't know. That might change in the future. There's still quite a bit of time, even before the libertarian races, as you know, get decided and who gets picked as our presidential candidate and vice president. So there is time for him to enter the race. He might come up against some walls, but it was interesting timing. And in fact, probably the worst possible timing 
for this Israel conflict to happen. Because if there is one raging place where RFK Jr. and the Libertarian Party and people who are on the mainstream belief uh, spectrum of libertarianism, and I don't know where the the uber-left libertarians lie on anything anymore, so maybe they're pro-support of uh, funding Israel, but he had come out and distinctly said, I support funding and military support for Israel to defend themselves, essentially saying, we have to provide that. He would vote for it and provide it. Now, this, of course, flies in the face of his saying that he is against forever war, something that I had tweeted out at him, pointing out on his page, on his, you know, one of his profile statements is, I am against the forever wars. And I told you, you cannot really, in any practical sense, be in absolute defense and support of Israel where we are tied militaristically and financially to them and say that you are for against forever wars. What is happening in Israel with Palestine is a forever war. It is essentially designed to be that way because of the way in which Israel has complete control over those people. Those people are subjugated by Israel. They provide their water. They provide their power. They provide their access. They blew up their only means of escape by virtue of the airport. That was uh, eliminated several years ago, I think over 10 years ago now. And the only other out would be the border with Egypt, which is closed off and they have a border wall. You're talking about a situation that is by its very nature designed to create an everlasting conflict. And they have made zero effort to remedy this situation in any meaningful sense. I'm not coming out here to distinctly point the finger at Israel here for everything that's gone wrong in this situation. But I will say that the atrocities that were committed were horrible by Hamas. And yet you have everybody saying that Israel is to basically to to have no blame for what's happening here, which I'm sorry is simply not true. It doesn't, ex- it doesn't excuse acts of brazen, I would say, just, I mean, when you indiscriminately are, are killing civilians, and I guess Hamas might make the argument, well, everybody in Israel becomes a member of their army, so there are no innocents here, but we're also talking about children. We're talking about babies. You have a situation wherein you could understand where Hamas and the broader people of Palestine who are living in poverty. They have zero chance for any real mobility, any real wealth, any real power, any real autonomy. You can see where this would result in an attack like this because they cannot form a real military to fight back in any real fashion. They have no allies in the region who are going to be able to step in and really aid them because of the United States backing Israel and Israel's capability with uh, their nuclear armament because of all the funding they have, because of the treasury they have. It's a situation designed to end terribly. And once again, we see this end terribly, or I I should say begin, because this thing is only beginning. The rumors are that Israel is going to be going in on a full ground assault in Gaza. That's going to end with ever more people being murdered. You have the people on the uh, Israeli side of things politically here and there saying, well, you know, Hamas is known for hiding weaponry in schools and hospitals. That probably is accurate. Now, I don't know for sure because there's so much propaganda, there's a title is starting with propaganda around this, that it's hard to know what to believe. I believe that they very well might be hiding bombs, et cetera, in this as an occupied nation might have to do because the borders of that nation belong to Israel. (laughs) 
the police that are operating there, you know, the IDF can simply go in and, and basically has the reign to do so. So there is no place that they can store these arms in a proper fashion. They're shipped in, you know, covertly from Iran or somewhere else. So while I don't condone <laughs> the hiding of weaponry, I understand it. And I think this is something that's so important for people to understand when you talk about this situation. That, But simply by saying, I understand what's happening here. I can see the trail of logic that leads to this happening, this point where these people are doing these actions or taking these actions, have put these, these weapons in these places, does not make you a bad person. In fact, it probably makes you a much better person because you are considering both sides of the equation, both sides of the coin here. What is actually causing the push and pull here that's leading to these outcomes? And instead of simply running and saying, well, you know what? One of these sides is absolutely right. And thus, we have to destroy the other side, which you're seeing a lot of social media, right? A lot of I've seen rabbis tweeting this, that Palestine should be turned to glass, I've seen political opponents in the United States say that there has to be complete eradication. The Marco Rubios of the world. Calling for an atrocity to happen and a war crime by wiping out a population, a, a state, because of the actions of a few militants is absolutely unforgivable. To think of this does make you an evil person and a bad person. Because once you get to that point, what else can you excuse? I mean, you've you've lost all humanity. You've lost all capability for logical, rational thought if you're calling for the eradication of an entire population, including some 50% of the Gaza is made of children because you just I don't think you, you live that long there, frankly. You also have all of this propaganda being pushed out here. This is going to be rambling, guys, because all this news is just kind of coming in right now. So I'm just going to kind of go off the top of my head here. You're also having just massive propaganda being pushed out. Now I saw a story today, and I don't believe it. I'm going to tell you front, flat out, I don't believe it, uh, saying that the some 40 babies had been killed. Now, this is from an Israeli reporter working for a state-run media that had talked to soldiers, and supposedly a soldier told her, well, I saw babies, and some of them were beheaded. Could it have happened? It could have. I highly doubt it. I highly doubt that the Palestinian forces that have come in here, the Hamas forces are going to stop and take time and seek out a, a ward of a, of a hospital where babies are being kept and stop and behead them instead of trying to escape or fight a more valuable target. I find that very hard to believe. And it smacks, of course, of the old lie where supposedly, you know, Saddam Hussein had taken babies out of incubators. You know, it's like, it just, the lies that are told here to excuse and enhance the population domestically support for these types of actions cannot be overstated. So I do not believe that report, but yet you will see on social media, that's all anybody is retweeting. They beheaded babies. They beheaded babies. They have beheaded babies. If this is true, yes, it is another, uh, another thing that just simply can be applied to a situation wherein you have, evolved into such a deep hatred between a population and two populations, you know, Israel and Palestine, that they have also lost their humanity. And for a portion of that population, it's 100% true. You could also kind of subdivide that and say, well, people have lost their humanity in regards to the action that they can forgive, and yet they'll still raise children who they love. 
They still have children there and wives and families who they love, but they'd be able to compartmentalize wanton killing in the name of this fight, in the name of, for the Palestinians, it would be freedom. And you have people that are pointing out that they are freedom fighters. Again, I can understand that narrative. I can understand why people are, are saying that the freedom fighters in this situation, the quote unquote good guys in the situation are Hamas. Now, I can't condone that because again, when you're attacking people that are innocently going to a concert and somehow claiming it as a military victory, that is absolute horseshit, despicable, animalistic horseshit. But to react in a similar way to this, uh, as we have seen time and time again with uh, the Israeli forces, with indiscriminate bombing of entire apartment buildings and complexes, I did see a baby being pulled out, a dead baby in Palestine today out of a destroyed apartment complex. The Israeli forces say that they are giving them 12 hours to vacate, you know, where they say, well, we're going to go bomb this area. Where are they going to go? They are trapped. It is, as some people said, an open air prison. They are trapped. There's nowhere to go. The borders are closed. So simply dropping these bombs is not going to be in any way, shape or form a targeted attack. So morally, there is still some equivalency between the actions being taken there. Now, circling back around, sorry, I'm, again, this is going to be a little bit rambling. Circling back around to these politicians now that are believing the propaganda, they now are going out and, and essentially saying that we have to support Israel. This is where RFK, I think, distinctly, and I don't know if the timing of this specifically made it so that he did not go for the Libertarian Party. Again, I know these discussions were, were ongoing within his internal team for quite some time, because that was something where the timing of it meant that the Libertarian Party could not stand back and say, hey, come on over, be our candidate. You know, there is so much that aligns between the two of us now, especially at coming out of COVID with his evolution on climate to looking to privatize solutions. His calling out of the military industrial complex, again, goes directly. And this is where Israel is such a blind spot. This is why I call it the Israel problem, because it's such a blind spot for so many people, not just politicians, so many people. Because we know so many Jewish people in this country. Everybody has the Jewish friend, you know, or, or Jewish family that have, they go back to Israel. We have a lot of interaction. There's a lot of, for example, my contractor working on my house right now is Israeli. His whole crew is Israeli. There is a lot of interaction between our two societies. And because they have been tethered for so long, and we've been told that Israel cannot deal, they're going to be eradicated, which is total fucking bullshit. That somehow they're going to be eradicated without our continuous support is nonsense. Israel is one of the most technologically advanced nations. They have an unbelievable amount of wealth, again, because of a lot of this technology they have there. Half of the, I mean, I go to all these trade shows, technology-centered trade shows, and half of the companies are Israeli. They, they foster a fantastic economic system there that brings home a shit ton of wealth. And we, of course, pay for a lot of their military support and give them weapons constantly. So it's become this blind spot where so many people will say they are anti-war and they're against us funding foreign nations and becoming entangled. And yet when it comes to Israel, all bets are off. To the point where now even they're looking to create a new spending bill that's going to be introduced, I believe, any, any day now this week. They're supposedly going to wait for the new Speaker of the House to be elected, but that could be that could take quite a long time. 
So I doubt that'll happen. So what they want to do now is tie in spending on the Ukraine war, which you recall was the reason, or I at least think was the prime reason for the ouster of Kevin McCarthy. The anti-war Republicans who may have stood up and said, and you can't simply keep funding Ukraine, now will be faced with the choice. And this is coming from some you know, people within the Biden administration. This is coming from uh, one of the U.S. secretaries of state. I'm sorry, the uh, Secretary of the Army. Actually, I'll, I'll read it. I just tweeted it out. Why don't I just tell you exactly what it is? Because I tweeted it from the Libertarian Party account with a quote directly from this woman. A woman. <laughs> I, don't know if, I don't know if this is a real woman, by the way, or if this is a woman, if you know what I mean, uh, that is that is uh, a man in, in real life, but a a woman as far as the identification within the system. As you know, Biden loves to promote men who then identify as women. All right, so this is U.S. Army Secretary Christine Warmuth. One thing that's really important in terms of munitions, in particular, and our ability to support both potentially the Israelis and the Ukrainians simultaneously, is additional funding from Congress to be able to increase our capacity in terms of our capacity to expand production and then to also pay for the munitions themselves. So there you go. Because we already, by the way, gave so many tank munitions to Ukraine, we don't have enough. Like the 150, or I'm sorry, the heavy, heavy machine gun shells, right? There was already a shortage because we had given all of those to Ukraine to use in this unwinnable war uh, that has been going on for, what is it, two plus years now, and which has cost us, without a doubt, I would say nearing a trillion dollars. People will argue with me on that, but I'm sorry. When you count up the munitions, the weaponry, the support, and the aid, I'm sure it cost us a trillion dollars. Now, on top of that, they want to support Israel at the same time. And they're not saying that, look, Israel can defend itself. They should be able to. If you're talking about a, a nation that is poor, that is malnourished and that is completely trapped by Israel, they should be able to defend themselves. Israel is not in danger as a nation of losing its existence in any way. And the United States, and maybe even this, I'd say, if you want to go home, if you want to go ahead and you want to send in some carriers to say, hey, everybody will stay out of it, you know? It's like, oh, let them fight, let them fight. I'm okay with that even. I'm okay with that, I'd say, in the context of between us getting involved with spending, funding, sending the weaponry and all this other shit, if they want to send a couple of carriers, which they already have, by the way, to say, we want to make sure these other nations don't get in on the action and attack. And by the way, the Syrian army did uh, did launch uh, some rockets into an occupied Israel territory. I'm trying to remember which one just happened like an hour ago. At least that is in the context of we're staying out of it. We want everybody else to stay out of it. Right now, it seems like we're trying to get deep in it. And the worry here is that they're they're going to condone. I've already seen the people talk about condoning attacks. Like Scott Adams, for example, Dildred creator, said that now Israel has the moral high ground to attack and murder the heads of Iran. Now, this, I'm guessing, is traced back to a Biden payment of $6 billion to Iran, which people are making seem like it was so much money. I I don't know why at $6 billion, I don't think is that much money to Iran, but Iran apparently used that to fund Hamas uh, with their weaponry. I don't know if anybody's got receipts on this. I find it very hard to believe. In fact, more of what I'm hearing is that 
different reports from all over the place is that weapons that are being used by Hamas right now are not AK-47s and whatever rocket-propelled grenades that you would get from in Iran with a very limited arsenal and limited place they can get them from. Well, no, where they're getting them from is Ukraine because they're U.S.-created armaments and from Afghanistan. Now, maybe Iran is sourcing those Afghani weapons. That wouldn't surprise me, but that's what's being used in these in these conflicts. That's what's being used in the attacks. Weaponry that we provided and that, of course, the U.S. Congress denied oversight into the spending into where are the you know what money is being spent where weapon where the weaponry is going how to track them no 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 they voted that down remember they voted that down and now guess where these arms are so now we want to send more arms to fight the other arms which we already supplied in a roundabout way to the attackers and we want to make sure to do it at the same time and to stop the anti-war right from being able to stand up and say, we don't want to fund Ukraine anymore. Now they're going to put it in one big bill. They're saying Ukraine spending, Israel spending, Taiwan spending, and there might even put some border wall spending into. That way you can't say no, right? If you're a Republican, well, you got to stand with Israel and border spending, you got it. I don't think that the anti-war Republicans will stand up and say these have to be in separate spending bills because they don't want the political backlash, which is cowardly. You know, the walls of Congress drip with cowardice without a fucking doubt. And again, circling back to RFK, it was sad to see that he would make such a stupid statement saying that we would fund and give them everything to the generals. You can say that you condemn Hamas. You can say that you stand with Israel. It doesn't mean that we have to get involved. That should not be the loophole that's always used here. Um, it should not be anything despite, I mean, I, I have obviously, you know, I'm watching this as a father of two children. You're pained to see this. I think about what would happen if that you know, if these attacks had happened to my child, if they did happen on American soil, and we are unbelievably lucky in our location physically. You know, the United States, we're in no danger of being invaded from Canada. I mean, there could be a terrorist attack from Canada for sure, but we are simply isolated to the point where we have the luxury of getting involved in all these foreign wars in the Middle East and funding these things and giving people weaponry that's not going to its, make its way back here at least not for a very long time. And by the time it does, it's probably going to be so outdated, it won't be much use. But we are very lucky in that way that we don't have that, that physical locale. Lost my train of thought. Okay, circling back. Anyway, the, uh, the timing of the RFK announcement on Israel, I think really put a, a dampening on his running. Now, I'm going to get back to a little bit more Israel talk in a moment, but I do want to go a little bit deeper into this RFK thing because many people think that he is going to distinctly hurt the Democrats um, that doesn't seem to be true. The polling I saw looked to see that he was going to be polling from both sides fairly equally. It said that Trump would get 38%, Biden would get 38%, and he might pull something like 19%. Obviously, there's a lot of error in that in the polling. And what it does provide as a challenge for us now as libertarians is to get people excited about our candidate because now you've got RFK out there. And, you know, I don't know if it, it at this point, is it going to come down to, the anti-war sentiment of America having the balls to vote 
for not just an independent candidate who says he's anti-war, but yet wants to continuously fund Israel or a real anti-war option. I mean, is has it reached a fever pitch? If we do start spending in all these different wars, getting involved in all these additional wars at the same time, is there going to be enough fortitude in Americans to say, this is the only option now? The Libertarian Party was the only party that dared to stand up during all of this propaganda inundation during where everybody else is pledging to get us involved in this and keep us involved in this ongoing despite the fact that we know the 9-11 terrorists came at us because of our continued involvement throughout the middle east will they say enough is enough and it was tweeted out from the libertarian party account and also reason magazine had talked about how we had uh you know came out and, and said that no we're not for this, you know, we're not for war when it's you know, we're not anti-war when it's convenient. We're not for war because it happens to be Israel. We're just we're just not in it. It's not a problem, man. It's not our problem. We are anti-war. We are anti our involvement in these wars. We're anti-funny. We're anti, you know, raping the treasury and American people's ability to save and spend and live their lives and be happy when you've got these never-ending wars that we're continuously drawn into. I mean. I was just thinking about this today, how much happier my life would be if every time something happened with Israel, we weren't immediately inundated with the calls for American action. It's across the world for me. It should be maybe mentioned in a world news roundup. It shouldn't be the only thing that we are talking about nonstop. What happened was terrible, but even the attack, 250 people died. Okay. As of right now, the fighting's gone back and forth. You know, it's something like 900. And I I don't believe these numbers, but uh, the early numbers are something like 900 Israelis dead, 700 Palestinians dead. Again, I don't believe those numbers for a second. Um, The history of this conflict is that the Israelis have inflicted casualties, injuries, and damage 50 to 1 in every possible interaction. So I'm sure that's what it'll end up being as well. But the I don't need to, to hear about it. I shouldn't have to care. And they're trying to make me care. It's a very distinct tactic by the media, which of course, there's a lot of Jews in media, guys. I'm not going to lie. There are a lot of Jews in media. So the media is incentivized, but the power structure is incentivizing here. The politicians are incentivized here to go along because we know the power of the ADL and APAC. We know that there's a lot of military industrial complex money behind this. Again, this is why this blind spot for RFK, whose pledges to get us out of the pockets in his speech, RFK Jr. had said, I want to declare a new independence from governments and corporations that are working together from big pharma, from big military industrial complex producers. Well, what do you think you're doing, RFK, if you're pledging U.S. fucking support? No and no end in sight, by the way. He in his in his tweet, he's saying, as much as they need full support. How can you say you will separate us from the military industrial complex if you are pledging us to support Israel ongoing forever, all the time? There's no way. It's a logical fallacy to say it. You can't make the statement. And it's just so aggravating when continuously, again, you're seeing the spending bills lumped in here. You're seeing who benefits. You're seeing all the stocks of the weapons manufacturers just went up to a five bucks, eight bucks each. 
and this blind spot remains. And the politicians will simply ignore it forever. And look, I'm not saying that I have a great solution for this. I mean, my solution, of course, would be you can't keep these people in this isolated state, a.k.a. the Palestinians, and think you're going to have a peace. You can't literally keep them within a region wherein you can cut off their water and power and food, which is what, by the way, I can't remember if it was the uh, minister of the State Department. Somebody within the Iranian government said, we are cutting off food, electricity, and water. If you live in a a nation that essentially can can have its food, water, and power cut off by another nation, you are simply (coughs) in a prison. And when you can't flee and you can't get escape that nation in any reasonable sense, you're not going to be able to have a, a resolution. But yet we're told that we have to stand with Israel, that we that there's only good guys on one side of this. It's just, it makes me fucking furious. And I can understand also, oh yeah, I'm talking about, I understand the Hamas side. I understand the Israeli side too. I understand if you're an everyday Israeli, you feel, well, we're in the middle of this. We've been told for decades that, you know, that we should be eradicated and that we're hated. Yet strides have been made. Saudi Arabia has come around to this. I believe uh, United Emirates uh, had come around to this, the UAE. You're in a better position now than you've been in a long time, and yet you continue to dominate this population. And I get that once in a while you would get attacked by the people you're holding prisoner. And so you feel that you want to protect your wives, your children, your businesses, your your existence. You do have a right to defend yourselves. What you don't have a right to do, though, is defend yourselves in a manner that is subjugating an entire population for decades. And that seems to be what continuously is happening with no end in sight. So I don't know if this is this latest talk. You know, now Hamas says, well, well, peace talks. I think Israel is saying no. I don't know if it's going to come to anything. I think probably we're going to see another flare up. We're going to see a lot of uh, wanton murder. And we're going to see a lot of death that just shouldn't be happening. And the United States is going to be funding a lot of that. A lot of that. That's why we say instead of taxation is theft, we on the show here in the Lines of Liberty say taxation is death because your money is being used and quite a large portion of your money is being used to kill in your name indiscriminately around the world with zero benefit to you. If somebody can explain to me what benefit Israel possibly provides to the average American, I would love to hear it. Love to hear it. Because I don't think there's a reasonable explanation that can be given for a nation that is literally across the world that uh, is, by the way, the number one threat for cyber security to the United States. They did a study on that. Israel's number one. They spy and read more of our uh, prioritized classified documents than any other nation. And a nation that, I mean, what what do they provide to us? Uh, a place to send missiles? Uh, a place to what? Launch attacks from? In the Middle East, why? Why do we need to be there? Why do we need bases? Why do we need an ally in the Middle East? I would ask you that question. Why do we need a fucking ally in the Middle East? Don't know. Don't know. Anyway, 
I'm trying to think if there's anything other, any other points I wanted to make here. Um, give me one second. Let me just look at my, my noting notes. Oh, one thing I want to talk about is black lives matter. Like, so Rashida Tlaib has had a Palestinian flag because she is a Palestinian descent outside of her office for quite some time. Now, some people would say, why do you have the fucking flag outside your office to begin with? I agree with that sentiment. It, it ties into everything else. I believe that, you know, as, as much as you can deride Donald Trump and his make America great again, AKA America first, I do believe in America first. <laughs> I do wholeheartedly. Why? Cause I live here because I'm sick of seeing what's happened across the globe. And, you know, Angela McArdle had issued a quote, which, uh, you know, obviously it's my, my job to help out with these types of things, but she made the point that why would we look to get ourselves involved in yet another war? And this, I believe the quote that reason it also pulled, which we had issued. Why would we look to get ourselves involved in another war where every time we get involved, all that happens is additional death, destruction, and murder. And none of it ever seems to turn out any better. Now you'll have the morons of the world say, well, look at World War II. Okay, we'll look at World War II. Number one, World War II, we essentially were lured into by our own government. Um, yeah, it made us far more powerful is what it did because we came in, swept in at the end of it, full piss and vinegar, still cost a lot of Americans their lives, but it set us up for world domination. I guess you could argue that was America first in a way. <laughs> if you're willing to sacrifice hundreds of thousands of your own population, yeah, you could probably uh, make America first in a couple more ways. But the times they are changing. And every time we've tried to get involved to cement our power, defend our power, expand our power, we have done it at the expense of Americans' ability to create their own destiny. Uh, they've robbed us. Obviously, the debt has spiraled. Our ability to provide for families, our ability to operate autonomously has been so eradicated and eroded by this pursuit of empire that I don't think it's even defensible to say that we should be involved anywhere else in the world at this point in time. And the fact that we continuously do so some will argue, well, this is based, so again, this comes around to the World War II thing of, well, we had to do it. They'll say that we have to do it because we have to defeat them abroad or they're going to come back to us here. But again, you recall, as uh, blank on the name of the general, but general in Afghanistan talking about insurgent math and how insurgent math is essentially when you kill one insurgent or one terrorist or one whatever it is, you're going to create five more because now not only are you killing this, this one, all his family members, his brothers, his sons are now going to be enemies of the United States and our people, which again, what benefit is it to us? If we're creating additional enemies, somebody please fucking tell me. But now you think about us, we're backing Israel. Now we're coming out of a point of relative peace, but our continuously backing Israel Again, reason we're attacked on 9-11, involvement in all the Middle East countries. If we're now supporting all of the armament that they're using to murder people and uh, you know create more insurgents, essentially, because this is also Hamas's tactic, don't forget. Hamas's tactic, and this is evil. Again, this is an evil act. No one's excusing the act that Hamas did. Hamas's tactic, and it seems to regenerate itself because they are trapped in this area and they can't formally do anything, is to undergo these terrorist attacks. This is the biggest one. They're calling it Israel's 9-11. Might be a fair assessment um, in a way. But their, their theory is that, well, we'll go, we'll attack. We're going to get a disproportionately massive response, which they always do. 
They're going to kill way more of us, including women and children and all this other thing. And, and Hamas, if the reports are to be believed, you know, that they've taken sex slaves and all this other stuff and, and uh, they're doing, you know, heinous acts. If these are to be believed, they are driving intentionally Israel to kill indiscriminately. Because they view them, oh, these, these people are animals, we'll wipe them out like dogs. As I said, as the rabbis I've seen, as Ben, as ben Shapiro has been saying, as Marco Rubio has been saying, wipe them out. Well, now Hamas is basically assured that they will grow their ranks. I don't know how many people they said flew in. I don't know the exact numbers on the attackers that got into Israel. But they are guaranteed now because of the disproportionate response, uh, the absolute destruction of a society that's already destitute for the most part is going to just create more desperation, more anger, more hatred, and thus Hamas has a new fertile ground. This is a forever war. So there you go. Uplifting show today, huh? <laughs> I don't know what else to add. This is Everything's evolving at the moment, but I can guarantee you the funding will go through. No politician is going to have the guts to say no. These, these anti-war Republicans won't have the guts to say no. There will be more funding. Of course, we'll see what happens in the evolution of these aircraft carriers in the region. Hopefully, this doesn't escalate. Hopefully, it doesn't become a situation wherein we get involved and the weaker minds among us cater to some of the, uh, the warmongering neocons and neo-dems that exist at this point that we need to go to war with Iran over this funding. How funny is it? We fund fucking everybody. We give money to everybody. We made ISIS, right? Nobody's calling for them to come and assassinate. Nobody's saying that morally they could come assassinate the fucking heads of the U.S. government, right? But yet, because uh, Iran did, well, now you have a moral right to go and murder the leadership. Just the logic, people. The logic, you got to be able to look at both sides of this from a fundamental perspective and, and do it with some sort of humility uh, and not consider your own moral judgments to be that above anyone else because you happen to have a fondness for one side or have been propagandized to one side uh, to such an extent. Anyway. All right, guys, that's going to wrap it up. If you enjoy the show, please do subscribe. Hit that notification button on your, uh, you know, your little ring-a-ding on YouTube. On Rumble, of course, you can subscribe to us there. And, of course, subscribe to the podcast. We've got the Meanage Daydream Pod, which is a fly-alone show. If you want all the shows, including Felony, or I'm sorry, Finding Freedom, which John Oder Matter Monday show, and Meme Wars, that's our Friday show. Please subscribe to the Lions of Liberty Network. And, uh, of course, Patreon.com forward slash Lions of Liberty for my bonus rants, which I will be doing one tomorrow morning for. And you can also support us on locals, lionsofliberty.locals.com. All right, guys, thanks a lot. For me, Brian McWilliams from the Lions of Liberty Network and from Mean Age Daydream, keep those electric eyes on me, babe, and keep that U.S. government-funded, always-defended-all-kinds ray gun to my head.